Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another joyous edition. Joyous. I can't even talk today. That's how jacked up I am about this show. Glorious. (laughs) It's glorious. It's joyous. It's both. It's it's great. This is the Man in the Arena podcast. Of course, you heard the voice already. I'm joined in this glorious football season time by Mr. Trey Pack. Trey, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I am also joyous, buddy. It is going great. Uh, no, I'm good, man. Happy to be back on here with you to break it all down. You know, oh, yeah. Be sad one last week. Yeah, we are throwing out the usual decorum that we usually try and have on this fine podcast. It is our Festivus episode as we are recording this on Festivus. And just pretty much right after I finish recording this, I'm going to edit it real quick and get it done so it's still up on Festivus so everybody can enjoy this fine program. It's going to go up. So, of course, if those of you who aren't fans of Seinfeld, you know we're going to have a lot of grievances we need to air. This is going to be good, and I'm, of course, removing my usual try-and-not-swear ban, usually reserved for when we have other guests, like uh, our good friend Chase Dyer, on the program. So we can say fuck all we want on this one. It's going to be good. Fuck yeah, I'm so excited. (laughs) Dude, I swear, I literally, like, we'll sit here and, like, especially when I'm doing it from my laptop, and just, like, stare at it, and it's like, you can't say exactly what you're thinking here. Let's try to be professional. (laughs) <laughs> no we don't have to this is my favorite i'm we well you know we never it we should do this 10 years from now at least do it every year you know what i mean oh yeah i don't care what we're doing 10 years from now every year i want to be on this podcast and do this episode oh we are definitely going to be doing this so this is going to be good we'll s- still kind of talk about especially the vols here in a second but then yeah we'll air some grievances out here as things go forward but again, one of the grievances we have is just the end of this 2020 season. It's been a freaking nightmare as Tennessee had a chance to play spoiler possibly in the college football playoff. Didn't really matter anyway, as Texas A&M just suffocated Tennessee, wore them down. They had the ball for, what, 44 minutes yep. in this game in the time of possession as Texas A&M won 34-13. Not really that close once the second half started. As always, as Tennessee just stumbles to a three and seven record to end the year. Yeah, man, just the worst part of the entire game. Like, if they would have just doubled down and played Garantano on Senior Day, you know what I mean? Like, it would have made sense. Yeah, people would be would have been less upset about it. We're like a seventeen point underdog anyway. Just something can play whatever. But no, you you tried out JT Trout and Harrison Bailey. And they complete their first 11 passes in a row combined. Yep. So it's not a receiver problem. It wasn't a scheme problem. It was a quarterback problem. And we, my eight-year-old niece knew it was a quarterback problem. But for some reason, our fucking coaching staff can't put it together. Yeah, it was just, it was just a mess. It was a clusterfuck of epic proportions, just as it's been all season long. It seems like, of course, Tennessee also playing without Eric Gray. Uh, We'll get into some of the reasons why that's a possibility. Um, So we'll see where this all ends up. But again, yeah, Tennessee, I mean, they had some good things. I mean, that throw and catch by Shroud to Tillman was amazing. It's it's the catch of the year. Yeah. Throw of the year, catch of the year. Yeah, the quarterbacks for Tennessee – yeah, 20 completions for 189 yards, or 12 completions out of 20 for 189 yards. We 
didn't run the ball very much at all. Chandler, one of those disappointments I thought this season. I mean, I know Gray, I had him as a better guy, but Chandler had always been just a solid back, and he's just had a really disappointing season. Yeah, I think a guy like Ty is is definitely more, I don't know, man, he's just more of a feature back, and I think once he started seeing the success Gray was having, I think that got in his head a lot. Yeah. He's just like, well, maybe I'm not the number one guy, so I don't have to run like the number one guy. Yeah, you know, even when even when he was a number two guy, like getting up to that that pinnacle, he was fighting for it. But then he had it and kind of lost it. So I mean, it's you're just gonna keep your head on straight. Yeah, that's true. And one of the things that it just showed when you watch Texas A and M, and again, they were not a flashy team. They, 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 but they did just everything so well. I think one of the guys I follow on Twitter, Wes Rucker, who I really like, talked about. He's like, I think Texas A and M's only run about six plays with variations on it. But when you have an offensive line that can just block as well as Texas A&M can do, they were able to just do whatever they wanted to Tennessee. Yeah, and and I don't think, you know, our DBs aren't strong enough for us to throw a lot of different pressures. And and with, you know, with COVID and having different restrictions and different players not being able to play um, and just lack of time for preparation, we just weren't prepared to put any pass rush on them at all. And, like, we have good pass rushers. Like, you know, some of those guys – DeAndre Johnson uh, was leading uh, the SEC after a couple of weeks. And had, he's had, like, three sacks since the second game. I mean, it's – it's just you know, there's no scheme involved to help yeah. these guys. They're just going one-on-one, and they're getting beat. It didn't, it didn't help. What was it? Either It was either early third quarter or in the second quarter when they were going to get Texas A&M off the field after a third down, but he hit – Mond, the quarterback of Texas A&M, in the face in the, with his yeah, hand. Bro, just it's at this point, you know what I mean. It's we're, yeah. we we can be having the same conversation sixty years from now, but at this point, like your coach has beat it into your brain. You see all these other, you know, you get to watch everybody else before you in time be an idiot and do stupid, make stupid plays like that. Why do you? Why do people still choose to do it? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Hey, yeah, I had my fair fair share of personal fouls and stuff when I was playing ball, but also I wasn't playing for the University of Tennessee. Yep. You know, like I don't know, just have a little bit more pride, man. And I get, but it, accidents happen. And this was like an accidental deal, but he literally just smacked dude in the face, and yeah. you could tell he knew. I, yeah, I always get effort penalties. I'm not going to fault somebody exactly. for an effort penalty and things like that. But yeah, boneheaded stuff will give me gray hairs. And again, one of the other things that will give me gray hairs or make what's left of my hair fall out is third down efficiency. Oh Tennessee, one of six, and I, we're going to have to look at how bad they were all season long because they were not great on third down. And Texas A&M, 10 of 14, which was just phenomenal. When yeah, you look the, at everything, the st- I can't remember exactly what the rankings were, but I think A and M was ranked like sixth in Division One in third down efficiency, and our third down defense was ranked one hundred and fifteenth. Yeah, so it's we're, not we're, good. We're, yeah, we're bad on both sides of the ball on third down. Yeah, it it was just really bad. Yeah, our third down efficiency was, uh, if you round up, thirty percent. Oh, jeez, yeah, it's a nightmare. That was our third down efficiency. Well, <laughs> granted, you know, when it's third and 12, the majority of the time, it's hard to pick up. Yeah, it's or, true. 
Or it's third and seven, and your quarterback throws it, you know, in front of the sticks for three years, and you still don't bench him. Yeah. And that, it just never makes sense to me. Yep. So, there, there you have it. I mean, when you look at... I guess, yeah, our first, my first Festivus grievance is definitely the Tennessee football team uh, this season. Just, again, started out great. We were in a great mood, having Chase on the program, thinking, you know, I mean, oh, I didn't I, think we were going to I was talking that shit, Shibley. Yeah. We were talking that shit going into this year. And then it started, we, we you know, we beat South Carolina close, we roll over Missouri. I am talking that best to Chase. And ever since then... We have sh- literally done nothing but shit the bed. Yep. It's, it's Lots a nightmare. of it. It's a, it's a fucking, this, yeah, exactly. This has been a fucking nightmare. There's been a lot of shit in the beds. I'll tell you that. Just all over the place. I mean, you you don't even wash those sheets. You throw them out. And exactly. I, it, I think it's just leaked through through the, 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 the padding and onto the mattress. You got to get a new mattress. That's how yeah. bad the shitting of the bed has been. Well, Shibley is calling for the firing of Philip Fulmer. Y'all heard it here first. I mean, we, we might need that at this point. Again, we're going to push. We're, no, okay, so we're literally going to push Madame Zeroni down the mountain. We're If we fire Fulmer again, the like, Neyland is catching on fire. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. Just the way it's going to end up. I think... I think it's fine, really. It's just it's just so frustrating when you look at everything that's happened. And again, you, you see Auburn firing their coach. You see all these coaches. Honestly, and again, my, my whole thing with the future of the program, I don't I'm tired of paying buyouts. We talked about this last week. Yeah. We just finished paying Butch Jones's buyout, also because he got another job, but it was gonna end in February anyway. And it's like, and again, you can chalk up a lot of this to COVID, which a lot of people have done, and we'll just see where it all ends up. You get these different quarterbacks, and that's one of the other things we've got is the fact that the um, quarterbacks, both Garantano and JT Shroud, have both entered the transfer portal. So, and again. Shroud Shroud is a big surprise there, I feel. I was a little yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought he'd get a chance to really compete for the starting job going in, but I guess they feel like Bailey's the guy, and then the new guy they're going to have coming in are going to kind of be competing for that. At least that's what it looks like. We'll kind of see where it all shakes out. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Seeing seeing Garantano actually enter the transfer portal has, was a really a sigh of relief, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. Could have yeah. came back, and I feel yeah. like he would have quote-unquote, competed for the starting job and then won it. And then we would be in here next year screaming and cussing every episode. Yes. To me, and again, with Garantano, and he wrote a really nice thing on Twitter. Um, And surprisingly, or not surprisingly, he only had it where only uh, his friends could respond to it because you know that would have been just awful underneath it. And again, to me, it was never an effort thing with Garantano. He was trying and doing everything he could. It was just some of the mental stuff. It was between the the ear holes that was the issue with Garantano where he would just make some of these mistakes. And it's just like, what are you doing, dude? You're senior, your fifth year senior quarterback. You're making just some of these mistakes, which is frustrating. No, for sure. I mean, it's I don't know who to chalk it up to. Do you chalk it up to player development? I mean, is that the issue? Is it or is Garantano did he just have a breakdown? 
Um, but I mean, it, it's been weird to see somebody to see where he was at the end of the year last year, end of the year last year versus now. Oh, I mean, I, I've never seen a quarterback fall, or an athlete fall off like that in just yeah. a year. Yeah, it was amazing to see. As as with everything else with Pruitt, and I know we've got this. They're, they're looking into some recruiting violations reported by Tennessee's own compliance staff, which is fine. That's their job. I, I'm not going to start casting doubt on anything or calling for anything to happen until we just get more information. I'm not just going to hop up on that bandwagon. But if it turns out to not really be anything except a slap on the wrist, you give Pruitt this last year, you give him that full spring practice you see where it all ends up, and but if we get more of this same, you fire him midseason. Yeah, yeah. If we, yeah, if we, especially if we come out early, I don't know what next year's schedule looks like, but if we drop like a South Carolina or a Missouri early, bad, I think you just you get rid of him immediately. Yeah. So there you have it. That's you know the the autopsy that we've had on the Tennessee football season. Whew, boy, uh, it was definitely. Not what we expected, and the reason we're saying it's the end of the season is because it is. Tennessee did have the opportunity, and they got invited to play in the Liberty Bowl, which would have been interesting. You've got a lot of teams with losing records playing in all the bowl games just because, again, they're trying to throw together as many teams as can play at this point with COVID still raging out of control across the country. Here, well, not- I'll say this, man. When I saw that we had accepted a bowl invite, I was – irrationally uncontrollably angry we we do not deserve a ball game i no. get it like you gotta you, we gotta fill these but i get it but i like i don't want any obviously i don't want anybody to have covid or anything but tennessee did not deserve the game at all and the fact that we're not playing it is the only reason i can even do this podcast yeah th- i mean one of the reasons you, you when i saw that we were getting into the bowl game my first thought was, oh, good, we can just take an extremely disappointing season and turn it into a slightly less extremely disappointing season if we somehow beat West Virginia. And that obviously was not guaranteed. Um, but then, again, you have Coach Pruitt, some of the coaching staff, and a good amount of the players testing positive for COVID. There wasn't going to be a defensive coaching staff available for the Liberty Bowl. And one of the things I feel really sorry for is the Liberty Bowl because they've been trying to get Tennessee to come there and play for years. Because Tennessee hasn't played in the Liberty Bowl, I think, since the 70s. I'd have to look. But they're always just so much farther down in the pecking order where you're going to get the Gator Bowl like last year, the Music City Bowl, where they know fans are going to travel even though Memphis would be a good idea to have a recruiting. But again, you wouldn't want it even in this the circumstances you have anyway. Exactly. But Tennessee not ending up in there, which I'm fine with, really. I just didn't want to have to almost just deal with it. I mean, West Virginia's 5-4. and four. They were a four-point favorite when the lines came out. That changed. Though they are getting replaced by Army. Which is good. Army, by the way, coming in at nine and two and not invited to a bowl game. I think they were invited to the Independence Bowl, but that one got canceled. And I was yeah. like, how do you leave a nine and two Army team out? You do not leave a good service academy out of a right. bowl. Yeah, they, they, offered ten, they offered Tennessee at three and seven, but didn't offer a nine and two Army team. 
screw the bowls. The, yeah. the bowls do not matter to me anymore unless we're in one of those two big ones. Other yep. than that, whatever. Yeah. Nope. I'm I'm completely with you on that. I'm fine with it. It's a reward for the kids, but I'm not I I still just don't put as much weight in it as so many people do because again, you've got especially these middling bowl games, a lot of the players don't play in them. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely don't play. You know, they're not out there fighting to win. Yeah. No. Meanwhile, another grievance that I've got is the college football playoff because honestly, it went the way I thought it was going to go after all the results happened. It didn't surprise me, but I just wish Texas A&M got more of a shake than they really did. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Not a surprise, even though Notre Dame got waxed by Clemson in the ACC championship game. Ohio State played a good Northwestern team, but they struggled. And again, Ohio State with only six wins, that's tough. And Texas A&M, I thought Jimbo Fisher made a great argument after the game where he said, we're playing in the best conference. The only team we lost to was the number one team who's blown people out, and they had Waddle back at that point. So I, I don't know. I mean, you can argue, would you replace Notre Dame with them? I don't know. I would more or less drop Ohio State, but I just never saw if Ohio State finished the season undefeated, there's no way the committee was going to drop them out of the rankings, no matter how many wins they had. Ohio State was going to be in. Notre Dame proved that they cannot compete with a top-four caliber team. Yep. And I was wrong. I was wrong last week. Trevor Lawrence is that important to that Clemson team. He is. But with, with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, they are one of the best four teams in the country. And they destroyed Notre Dame. It makes no sense why they're in there. Yeah. It's it's a mess when it comes to it. I just know, again, and Texas A&M is no slouch when it comes to, to tradition and history. But Ohio State and Notre Dame just can carry more water, which is annoying. I know they probably didn't want to have three Southern teams in there. So you have that. It, it, you know, and again, it, it went the way I was predicting it. Alabama, it was interesting to see. I was real surprised that Florida gave Alabama that much fits. I thought Florida was just going to pack it in after what the hell happened to them in that LSU game. But they stayed and fought against Alabama. Yeah, for sure. It was a, it was a fun game to watch. Um, you know, it's just... But, I mean, Florida still has things to fight for. Trash is still fighting for a Heisman Trophy. Like, it made, it made sense. Um, but I, you know, I think Florida obviously proved that they didn't even deserve a nod at the, the playoff. Yeah, man. You look at the Heisman trophy. I know like Mac Jones is probably going to get more pub and Kyle Trask, but if I was going to give the Heisman trophy out talking to Alabama, I'd give it to Devonte Smith, the wide receiver. He has just been incredible all season long. And yes, I know Jones has been the one throwing the ball to him. But I think it's time for another wide receiver to get due with that Heisman Trophy. The last wide receiver to get it was Desmond Howard back in 1991. And we don't. Oh, never. Never. For Arizona, that you said Charles Woodson. So we don't talk about that one. Nope. Nope. I'm talking even later than that for crying out loud. Yeah, that's what it's been. So what is that, 30 years? It's been close. Yeah, close to that. Oh, God. That makes me just feel old when I think about it, because I remember watching that game when he struck the pose as a kid, living up in Toledo, and nice. just all the kids doing nothing but mimicking that on the playground for the next four weeks. Of course, they still do. 
Yeah. Oh, they still do. Absolutely. But that's what we've got. So we've got the bowl. We'll pick some of these bowl. We're not going to pick all of them because we'll just do that. Yeah. I don't feel like doing that because, man, I'm just tired of some of this college football. Just just the the, the crap. You know, Tennessee season's just been kind of like at this point. And still, I'm going to kick back and watch some great college football with all these bowl games. I've been betting on them and winning a lot of these bets in some of the early bowl games. But it's just tiring sometimes to deal with it. And they've just been kind of thrown together. It's almost like you're taking all these teams and throwing them up against the wall like shit and seeing what sticks. Yep, exactly. It, but yeah, it's football though. You know, as soon as it's over, we'll be messaging each other on Facebook like, "Man, I really miss it. I can't wait till next year." Yeah, you're um, you're, yeah. you're not well, wrong. We got to, you know, if nothing else, we got the the playoffs. You know, um, but I, I'm going to air my grievance for the playoffs too. And I will say, I've been wanting to say this exactly this way for so long. Make it eight fucking teams. Just Yo, make yeah. it eight fucking teams. It's not hard. Just make it eight teams. Nobody's going to bitch about it. No, no. You're not. You're, first off, you're not even paying the kids anyways. It's not like you had to foot the bill for more that much more money. And not only that, the extra games is going to bring you even more money. You yep. love money, act like it. Eight fucking teams. Yeah, eight. No, I'm I'm with you in all of that, and especially. I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm banging doors. I'm so upset about this. It's it's one of these things where. You look at the eight teams you've got in here. If you ranked them and seeded them, you'd have Alabama number one versus Cincinnati. So you give one of the Davids a chance to slay Goliath, which would be great. And you have, have the eight teams, by the way, it, it have the top four seeds just at their home stadium for this too. Exactly. Um, yeah. You'd have Florida versus Clemson. Who wouldn't want to see that matchup? Exactly. That'd be amazing. Oklahoma, Ohio State, they've had some, you know, they had great games when Baker Mayfield was there, uh, which were some fun games. And then you have Texas A&M, Notre Dame. Who wouldn't want all of those matchups? All of those are money matchups, really, in the grand they'd scheme. Be the best, they'd be the best games of the year. Yeah, they'd be great. I would kick back and watch all four of the, you know, have two of them, uh, you know, have two of them on Saturday. Or Well, you can't really do that because you've still got the NFL. So you just do it all day Saturday, for fuck's sake. Or something. Exactly. Something. Something. Yeah. We extended a week. We, we extended football season. We're still doing this podcast, and Christmas is in two days. Yeah. Extend the season. You proved you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one team I do want to just tip the hat. I'm not going to air any grievances with this, but tip the hat to San Jose State, the Spartans, who have just, they were, they've been terrible in the Mountain West Conference for years. They improved. They had a winning record or kind of a 500 record last season. This year, they went undefeated, not able to play because of COVID restrictions in their home stadium. They played all their games, I believe, in Las Vegas. So in another state, they went 7-0 and won their conference championship. So congratulations to them. I yeah. love it. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, talk about a comeback story. It just, a couple of years, they were like 2-10 or 0-12, something like that a couple of years ago. Yeah, they were dog shit. For a yeah. long time. Yeah. So, I mean, just talking about Coach of the Year, I know Saban won it, but come on. Yeah, exactly. So, there we go. Uh, again, mo- real quick while we cover some of these other things while we're tipping caps. Tipping cap to Tennessee basketball, who just finished playing a game, uh, like, just like a couple hours ago before we recorded this. They were playing South Carolina Upstate. 
They only won by 20. They're not a good team. They were struggling in the game, not really in the full. It's a couple days before Christmas. I, I can understand you're not really wanting to get up for an opponent like that. But Tennessee, as I mentioned, destroyed Tennessee Tech, St. Joseph's, and South Carolina Upstate in the last week. They played three games in a week. So up next for them. Oh, yeah. Up next for them, though, the SEC schedule gets going as they play at 14th-ranked Missouri. That's going to be a great Ooh, game. I can't wait. Next, we got real basketball coming. Yeah, next Wednesday on the SEC Network at 9 o'clock? Oh, I'm all about that. Oh, yeah. That's going to be amazing. And then they start the new year in January uh, hosting Alabama, and then they move from there. So it's going to be wonderful to see. It's SEC basketball, which makes me happy. And at the end of January, you got the SEC Big 12 Challenge. We welcome Kansas. Ooh. Arena. Oh yeah. It's gonna be a hot boy. Yeah. So that's gonna just be a hell of a lot of fun. I can't wait to see it. Feeling good about this basketball team makes me happy. Yeah. Meanwhile, let's move over to see what the Lady Vols have been up to. They've been playing pretty well. They beat again number 15 Indiana last week. They destroyed UNC Greensboro on Sunday, taking a break from competition for the Christmas season. They're going to host Lipscomb uh, next Monday on SEC Network Plus. And then they're playing number nine, Texas A&M, as they start the SEC schedule. So Lady Vols, Kelly Harper squad, off to an okay start. Yep. No, again, that's once Lady Vol basketball is back, I think everything everything in, in life will kind of go back to normal. You know what I mean? I just need them to win a natty, and then we can figure out the rest of the world. Absolutely. All right, you ready to air a couple more grievances, if you can think of any? Because the first one I want to do is just fuck COVID-19. That's the first <laughs> overall encompassing grievance of all of these, is just COVID-19 having me record this podcast in my closet, you know, for months. Yeah. And just, again, just screwing up our sports schedule, over 300,000 people dead. I mean, there's, in a, in America, it's just been... 2020, just 2020 has been a whole grievance when it comes to so many things. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, my grievance for sure will be fuck uh, Tennessee's entire offensive coaching staff. They're like, I have said too many fucking times this in the past 12 weeks if they trot that motherfucker on the field again to take a snap, I'm never watching. And I every time, there he trotted, and there I watched, because I'm not a man of my word, apparently. <laughs> but fuck anybody that went into the decision-making process to say, yep, number two is our best chance to win this game. Fuck you. You were wrong. <laughs> you, you're not getting much debate from me at this point. The the You can't argue with results. Exactly. That, so. Bro, we have two guys that have hardly played all year. One of them is 18 years old. They complete their first 12 passes in a row. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. Ah, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> We're talking about, college, talk about college football, grievance with Nebraska football for being the big ones to complain about trying to get the Big Ten back. Then get the Big Ten does come back. Then they bitch about having to play Ohio State to open the year. And it's like, you and Ohio State were the two who wanted this, so go right ahead and deal with it. And then at three and five or whatever they were, they decided to decline a bowl invite. Yeah, so it's like, boy, you really did want to play football, did you? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. it bro, first off, fuck the Big Ten. Yeah. You want to talk about just, like, I was just talking about me not being a man of my word. Like, I'm joking. You know what I mean? Yeah. You talk about who really just, like, this year has proven that it does not matter what anybody comes out and says. Anything can be changed. The Big Ten came out and said, we are not going to play football this year. We do not care what any other conference does. There was a newsletter sent out. ESPN has it. It was all over ESPN. They said, we don't care what the SEC, we don't care what anybody else does. We are not playing. And then they looked over and thought, ooh, that looks fun. Let's play. And that's why we have a subpar six-win Ohio State team in the playoffs. And I think it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. No, fuck the Big Ten. Also, because Michigan's there. And yep. fuck Jim Harbaugh, as always. As always. There there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got that. You've got one of the other grievances I've got is to, well, troglodytes. We've talked plenty about troglodytes. Just fuck all of them. And again, you want to come at me? Michael underscore Shibley on Twitter. I will debate you all day. And, of course, I will present all the facts and a legitimate thing. And then when you respond, yeah, well, fuck you. Chocolate don't like facts. No, of course they don't. Uh, so you've got that. Uh, also, you have, speaking of COVID, you had two stupidity. You had Dwayne Haskins uh, got his starting job back with the Washington football team because of inju- injuries. And then after losing this last week. Straight to the strip club. He goes straight to the strip club without a mask on or any of that stuff. And then it's the same thing with James Harden. James Harden was at a club without a mask on, too. Bro, they don't care. People don't care, man. I mean, it's it's, it's not even that people don't care. It's that people are just stupid. Yeah. And And here's my thing, man. There's been times I've not had a mask. You know, whatever, like whatever. I'm not saying I, you. I'm not saying you're not gonna catch me in public without my mask on. But I wear it at work all day. You know, I wear it when I feel that you know that it's necessary, especially if someone requires it. Oh yeah, uh, I'm 1,000 percent wearing it, no question. If nothing else, if it makes everybody feel more comfortable, 100. percent But bro, you want to talk about needing a mask? You're at a strip club in Houston. Yep. You should wear a mask if there's not a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're not far off on that. My goodness, she's and yeah, it, it's just stupid. Just just do it for a little while longer. The vaccine is coming. It's here. It's, here. On. it's, here. Well, it's, it's in Tennessee, but we're putting it in reserves. That's not this podcast. That's that's all, that, yeah. We we gotta whew, we need to jump on Chase's podcast. Talk some of that crazy stuff with them. All the conspiracies and everything. I love it. Oh my goodness. So you've got all those stupid, stupid things. Meanwhile, the NFL's happening still, which makes me happy. The Patriots, for the first time in a long time, is not even going to be in the playoffs. I think the last season they weren't in the playoffs was the year Tom Brady got injured in the first series of the first game. Uh, they lost to the Dolphins 22-12. to So it's going to be just weird not seeing the Patriots involved at all in the playoffs. Yep, Tua had a heck of a game there, too. I mean, not, he did. You know, was it? A super high caliber game, but it was definitely a good game to kind of silence people not believing. Yeah. And then, of course, you got some head scratchers. The Jets beating the Rams, which was shocking. I had the Rams defense in my daily fantasy. That was a really dumb fucking idea, apparently. Um, 
And it, it's this weird thing because it's like I, if you're a Jets fan, you're happy for the players that you won. I mean, no player wants to be on an 0-16 team. It's been bad enough to have that. But then the fans are also like, well, now, because the Jaguars are apparently ahead of them in however bad you suck with one law, with one win, the Jaguars technically would have the first pick in the draft right now. So you probably are going to miss out on Trevor Lawrence. Yep, 100%, man. As far as going 0-16, I think Kyle Kinane has the best uh, subject. You know Kinane, the comedian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kinane, his whole bit on how that there's these there are these guys in the world that go out and they do their job wrong. Their job was to win a football game and they did it incorrectly that they did they didn't win one game. And that guy gets to drive home in a Bentley. Yep. Yeah, let's you know, I think everybody's going to be okay, especially if you have a you know, friend like organization uh, turning around level talent in Trevor Lawrence. I'm not, don't shave the points. You play to win the game. I get it, man. But like, had, the Jets can't even be bad, right? Yeah. That's true. Meanwhile, I got to also pour one out to my 49ers who lo- losing to the Cowboys eliminated themselves from playoff contention, but they've had a whole bunch of injuries. Without Garoppolo, they're pretty much sunk, which is what they've shown. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, what the blue hell happened to the Steelers? They oh, I, I, bro, I had a I had a uh, six way parlay. I, we're getting into the nitty gritty now. I had a six way parlay, paid ten bucks, paid out nine hundred. Uh, I made five of the six, you know, because why wouldn't I? Uh, yeah. One away, and Ben Roethlisberger, I took him for the over on his passing yards, and he had the worst game of his career. It's insane. <laughs> Against against you know crosstown rival the Bengals, I thought surely Ben Roethlisberger is going to go off, and he does. He has literally the worst game of his career. It ha- their run game, the Steelers' run game too, has just been non-existent. So the Bengals are just sitting back and waiting for them to pass the ball. Oh, and Benny Snell and I think James Conner was hurt. Benny Snell had a good game. I had him. I had Benny Snell scoring twice uh, as one of the sweeteners of that parlay, and he did it. Yeah, and I sit still. Oh nope. I think Roethlisberger is going to have over 230 passing yards. Silly me. He's a Hall of Fame level talent. Act like it. Yep. Yeah, it's just been weird. And you you would think, yeah, that game just is a nice breather because then they've got the Colts and the Browns to finish out the season. I don't know what the hell's happened to the Steelers. It's just been weird. I don't know if just maybe Roethlisberger all of a sudden has just become an old man. Who knows? He old, bro. I'll tell you that. But like, yeah. You, well, you also you got to be able to run the ball, and you got Benny Snell, who was a stud at Kentucky, and James Conner, who has beat all the odds. Like, run yep. the dang ball, bro. I agree. It's a mess, and we'll see if they can turn it around before the playoffs. So we'll see, man. I cannot wait. The NFL playoffs are always just some of the best football you're gonna see. Just, it's just amazing. I love it. That's coming up very soon. Uh, we'll definitely get a big old playoff Super Bowl thing at some point. We've got to have you on for that. So we'll definitely do that. Uh, one more grievance, at least, that I've got. It's in the WWE. For fuck's sake, Vince McMahon and just 
I talked about this months ago, but the pettiness that Vince McMahon has of trying to take away and not letting the wrestlers monetize themselves as independent contractors doing things like Twitch and Cameo and other appearances like that. It's just so petty and annoying. That's why a few months ago, I just canceled my WWE subscription, at least for a few months. I'm going to get it back for the Royal Rumble because of course I am. But then, you know, because of that, You've got some of the great storylines happening with Roman Reigns putting on another amazing performance Sunday, TLC against Kevin Owens, and people, I'm, I wasn't going to watch it, I'll catch it later, but I didn't see that, and Raw's ratings have been like at an all-time low. AEW is beating them in the ratings on Wednesday compared to Monday Night Raw. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's wild, man, and, but... I think it goes to show, um, you know, if I could throw in anti-agreements uh, one time, man, how incredible has AEW been this year? Oh, it's been amazing. Oh, it's just, I mean, just such, they did it so perfectly. It was just fresh. It's new. It's new characters. It's a new way of doing the show. But it's not even that. It's like a, a, a retake on an old way of doing your show. And it's yeah. a way that works. Um, and I think, yeah, I think as you know, next we get into next year and, and moving down the road, I mean, I would be hard pressed to say that AEW is not going to keep growing and WWE is going to keep shrinking to a point that they're literally the same playing field. It could be. It's it's going to be amazing to see. We'll see what happens again to once you can really truly get crowds back. I mean, I mean, WWE has been do or I'm sorry, uh. AEW has been doing a good job of putting some fans there at Daly's Place. It's outdoors. You can distance them, which has been really good. But I think once you are able to get full stadium and arenas full of people, it's just going to be amazing. Oh, it's, bro. You got these guys like, you know, Omega that's really, you know, this has been that. Oh, Heel Omega is great. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's always had the the talent, and now he's going to have the platform. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, if AEW ever comes to Knoxville, I am spending as much money as I need to to get as close to the action as possible. I cannot wait for that. We'll we'll be there. We'll figure it out. We will do it in so many ways. Um, Of course, again, we're going to take a break uh, next week. Not going to have a show. uh, So we'll be coming back in January, which will be fun. Uh, Of course, then January, it'll be right after Wrestle Kingdom which happens in New Japan January 4th and 5th. You've just got a great card up and down. Of course, the title matches, you've got uh, you've got Kota Ibushi taking on Tetsuya Naito for the, the big gold belts, all the gold in that one. It's a great story play. Those guys just go insane every time they face each other. And then the winner of that match is going to take on Jay White uh, on... Uh, January 5th. So it's just great. It's wrestling perfection. I I keep singing the praises of it. Uh, We'll see if I feel like waking up early in the morning to watch it, but it's going to be great. We'll talk way more about that, of course, on the next episode of the Man in the Arena podcast, but it's great. Oh Yeah, I'm super excited. I know that's your favorite time of year, man. It makes a few things get me. Like I, I don't almost nothing about New Japan. But I always love seeing my friends be really excited about something, and few people are as excited about anything as you are about New Japan. Oh, yeah. It's great. 
I love it. Um, just a couple of things. Question before we wrap up here and pick some bowl games at least. Uh, we, we talk about jokes and everything. We're both comedians occasionally. Uh, you know, you were more comedian than I am recently, just been able to get out there a lot more. Um, one of the dumbest jokes, I think it's the most hack joke, it might be the most hack joke ever, but since we're coming up on it, with New Year's coming, you know, you see your coworkers and stuff, say, on January 31st or whatever, you see somebody, but then you're not going to see them uh, later, and then they're the ones who always say the old joke, well, I'll see you next year, <laughs> because, you know, the the next day's the next year. It's the most hack joke I think in the history of the in the world at this point. Oh, that's tough, buddy. You didn't tell me you wanted to do this podcast. This is gonna be a whole new thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've been to some open mics and heard some hack jokes, bro. Yeah. Like I've I've seen thousands of hours of co- I don't know if it's that much, but it's a lot. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't mean to dump it on you like that. I just thought of it. That was while we've been talking about all of this. I feel like I've told hackier jokes. Now, granted, that's a hack joke. That's, that's, come on. It's a hack dad joke is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah, and that's like not knocking out dad jokes. Cause dad jokes can be really funny. It's oh, yeah. like the worst dad joke of all time. I'll, I'll give it that. But worse, the hackiest joke, I don't know, man. I'm not getting canceled, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, but, yeah. We'll come. I, I've heard, dude. You, if everything opens back up, you come on down to Scruffy City Hall one time and sit for two hours. You'll hear some hack jokes. Oh yeah, I've I've been there. I'm sure I've told plenty of hack jokes up on that stage too. Um, but uh, yeah, it it's fun. We'll talk. Uh, we'll definitely when we have more time to let it simmer. Uh, at one point, we'll think of some good hack jokes that won't get us canceled at all. Uh. Definitely go through with that. You ready to pick some bowl games? See if we can lose the people some money out there. Money, buddy. All right. One of the games it was supposed to happen. You would think it would have been the uh, the Sun Belt Championship game. They've got it now as the Cure Bowl, the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. You've got Liberty uh, versus Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, eleven and zero, looking great. I'm surprised at this point. Both Liberty and Coastal Carolina have kept their head coaches. That's a miracle, I think, at this point. But Coastal Carolina, a seven and a half point favorite. I've got the Chanticleers in that one. Yep, I've got the Chanticleers too. I'm a big Hugh Freeze guy. I wouldn't mind seeing him on Rocky Top. But I think the Mullets have something special down there in Myrtle Beach. So, yeah, I got them um, beating the points. Another ranked versus ranked matchup. The first one we've got, Oklahoma State and Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, love Cheez-Its. It's great. Um, Oklahoma State, a two-point favorite. I'm going the other way. I like Miami. I know they just, what the hell happened to them against North Carolina? But Derek King, I think, has got a chance to do something special. I've got Miami in that one. I, I'm going to disagree with you, man. I think Miami showed us their true colors against North Carolina. Uh, I'm going to take the the other mullets out there in Oklahoma. I'm going to take those guys. Just riding with the great hairstyle. I like it. Um You've got the Cotton Bowl Classic. You've got Florida and Oklahoma. Hey, that's a great matchup, no matter how you slice it, uh, happening in the Cotton Bowl. Florida, a three-point favorite, even though Oklahoma, yeah, they lost those two conference games early, which cost them in the playoff, but they have looked really good, almost gagged it against Iowa State, even though Iowa State's a good team in the Big 12 championship. I think 
after what Florida showed me in the SEC title game, I'm going to go with the Gators. This game, you can name the score. It's going to be a pinball-style score, but I've got Florida winning it. Uh, no, I think you need to go to the bank. <laughs> you got as much money as you can, sell your car, empty out the 401k, whatever it is you need to do to get as much money as possible. You need to take the over, and you need to take Florida, extend the line. They're going to win by two touchdowns. Oklahoma showed us their true colors early. They've played nobody since then. Kyle Trask deserves the Heisman Trophy. I'm telling you, Florida beats them by two touchdowns. All right. The over-under is at 71 and a half at that Take point. The over-under over could be 105. Take the over. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, meanwhile, you've got the Peach Bowl. Uh, two teams, again, on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff. You've got Georgia-Cincinnati. Georgia, seven-point favorite. I don't know. Georgia just hasn't done much. I know they switch quarterbacks, look a lot better offensively, but I think Cincinnati's really got something to play for. They haven't played a bad schedule all year. I'm going to go with the Bearcats in the upset. Yeah, I agree. I think Cincinnati uh, definitely feels disrespected that they didn't get a look. That's why it needs to be eight fucking teams. But I, I 100% think that Cincinnati, they, they've not played a bad schedule. They're not, you know, they've not, they don't have the record they do for no reason. I think it's close. I'm not betting that, but I do take Cincinnati. All right. Uh, before we do the playoff games, let's skip over to January 2nd. Got a couple more ranked versus ranked matchups. You've got Oregon, Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl. I'm going to go with Iowa State, even though Oregon getting in at the last second to the Pac-12 championship game because Washington couldn't play, and then they beat USC. But I'm going to go with Iowa State and the fighting Brock Purdy's. Yeah, yeah, Purdy, 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 buddy. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, Oregon, I mean, you know, every, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut. I mean, they, they did beat USC. But I don't think, I think that's, I don't want to say a fluke because, you know, the they guys played hard, but. It's not going to happen. I, Iowa yeah. State, I don't know. What did you say the line was? Four and a half, Iowa State. More than that. Yep. You've got uh, the Orange Bowl, Capital One Orange Bowl, Texas A&M. I know they're disappointed, uh, but they can try and take out their frustrations on North Carolina, who has shown flashes of brilliance, but then they've also lost spectacularly. I'm going to go with A&M in this one. Uh, A&M a seven-point favorite. Yeah, I think A&M is going to stare at Notre Dame while they destroy North Carolina. And mouth, this should be you. Yep. They're going to call them Notre Dame all all game long is what they're going to (laughs) do. Meanwhile, you do have the two uh, college football playoff semifinals, uh, and then we'll pick a winner. You've got, of course, the Rose Bowl game, which is actually going to be played in AT&T Stadium in Texas because of the COVID restrictions and different things there in California. The last time the Rose Bowl was not played in Pasadena, it was played at Wallace Wade Stadium in uh, Duke, at Duke University there in Durham back in the 40s because they were worried about an attack from the Japanese. So it's weird to have it there. I No matter who plays, I love the Rose Bowl. The San Gabriel Mountains at sunset, they always have. The field is perfect. So that's going to be missed this season. But you've got Notre Dame, Alabama. Alabama, 19.5 point favorite. I'm going with the tide in that one. So I've got Alabama just blowing out Notre Dame. Yeah. Rudy's not playing. You know, they're not winning one from the Gipper this week, buddy. Alabama beats them. I think 20 points is is going easy on them. I think they kill them. 
And you've got Ohio State and Clemson. In the other one, Clemson, a seven and a half point favorite. That's in the Sugar Bowl down in New Orleans. It should be a really interesting matchup. You've, of course, got Sermon, who, by the way, hats off to him breaking Eddie George's record of a single game rushing yardage there in the Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. But again, Trevor Lawrence back. Even though he didn't play probably enough games, obviously, to win the Heisman, but definitely in consideration and still, I think, the best player overall. I'm going with Clemson in this one. Yep, I think Trevor Lawrence, man, is going to go down as one of the best uh, college quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um, and I think he's just going to put a nice little bow on it uh, and beat the hell out of Ohio State. And then, of course, that would be, surprise, surprise, it's going to be Clemson, Alabama, again for the national championship if it all comes to fruition. We'll talk more about this as we preview the championship game in the weeks to come. But if it were going to be that, I'm right now I'm leaning toward Alabama just as the better team overall. Let me ask you this, Shibley. Is, yep. is Nick Saban still the head coach at Alabama? Yes, I think so, yeah. They win national championships. Alabama is going to be is going to win that game. Um, I know Clemson's Clemson's got them. That I, I've seen it, whatever. But man, that Alabama team this year, if not for COVID and the weird, you know, what's going to be remembered about the season? I think this Alabama team can compete with just about any of them, um, and that's that spells bad news for for the Clemson Tigers. <sighs> Well, we will see. We'll talk more about that once they actually play the game, and we will preview that and everything else that happens in the year 2020. Hopefully, again, everybody has done their best to stay safe, and hey, we're almost done with this year. Just hang in there. We're going to get to 2021, and hopefully things will get a lot better in the new year, both just in the country as a whole and, of course, uh, in Tennessee football, which would be... uh, better for everybody but Trey it has been fun it's been another crazy year uh, but hopefully more joy coming in 2021 yep very excited man um you know thanks always always Shelby, for having me on this season I know we're not done we got we got we're, we'll be back next week and then we'll do some special stuff but man it's been fun it's even during an abysmal Tennessee season Shibley I say this from the bottom of my heart every week even you know game's over and we got killed. I still get to sit there and think, well, I get to talk to my buddy about this here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, and we're going to record it and it's going to be great. The production is going to be awesome. And it's all thanks to you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I love having you on, man. It has been a pleasure. And of course, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me on Twitter at Trey Pack. It's just T R E P A C K. Uh, on Instagram at Trey Pack One. Last grievance because the at Trey Pack motherfucker hasn't posted since 2012 and Instagram won't delete his fucking profile to give me the thing. But that's fine. I'm going to have a million followers one day and I'm going to get that motherfucker. Anyway. (laughs) I love hearing it. You can find me, Uh, Michael underscore Shibley. And of course, you can look up the Man in the Arena podcast both on Facebook and Instagram to search that. You'll see my dumbass in the profile photo there. Check us all out. And of course, wherever you get your fine podcasts, like, subscribe, share, Give us those five-star reviews, please. We would love you forever. And, of course, everybody out there, have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Have a very Happy New Year. We will see you in 2021. Too sweet. Love you. Adios. Bye.